Amen. It's great to have you here. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. It's good to have you here this morning. In church, we often, we, we often reflect on, we often study, we often ponder many of the, the great men and women of the faith. And what you will find, what we soon discover, is that somewhere in the shadows of their surroundings, these great men and women of the faith, what we will discover is in the shadows of their surroundings stands the godly influence of a mother. A woman who was in touch with God. A woman who prayed for her family. A woman who was surrendered to the Holy Spirit of God. A woman who took every opportunity that she could to plant God's Word into the hearts and the minds and the lives of her children. Many Christian mothers, many Christian grandmothers and great-grandmothers are on the front lines when it comes to spiritual life. They're the first ones to teach, to correct, to guide. They're the first ones to feed and to nourish their children. They are seed planters. They prepare the soil for the Holy Spirit of God to bring their children to salvation. And today, we honor moms today. We honor you and uh, we love you. And what we're going to do is I'm going to ask that the moms that you actually stay seated, okay? You, you need some rest, alright? Stay seated. And if you're not a mom here this morning, I want you to stand up and we're going to give moms a standing ovation this morning, alright? So let's stand up and let's give them a standing ovation, yeah? We're in part two of a four-week series called Love That Lasts. And my name is Justin Ross. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace Church. And in this series, we're trying to answer this question. Is there a love that lasts for a lifetime? Is there a love that can weather, that can endure, that can actually thrive in the storms of life? Is it possible... For two people to fall in love and to stay in love. Is there a love that lasts in a family? Last week, we we talked about a healthy family. And since we had 30 or so ladies gone at a ladies retreat last weekend, um, I thought it was a great opportunity to pick on the fellas. So we talked about the importance of a father. And and dads, let me just remind you that your role in the family, that the role of a father is irreplaceable. It's it's so important. It's vital. I cannot overemphasize the importance of a father. And so last week, just to, to have a little fun, I threw up some pictures of some famous fathers and we shouted out yes or no, whether or not we thought they were a good father or a bad father. And one of the images I threw up there was Darth Vader, you know, and, and there was, uh, we were divisive, all right? There was differing opinions on whether or not he was a good dad or not. So I thought this morning, why, why wouldn't we just do the same thing with the moms, right? Since we have the ladies back. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw up some images and you're going to holler out yes or no, whether or not you think they're good mothers, okay? So I need you to practice just so I don't feel alone up here on this stage. I need you to practice. So on the count of three, I'm going to say, are you ready? And you say yes or no, okay? One, two, three, are you ready? Yes! 
Last service we had like 15 no's. All right. So here's the first image I want to throw up there. Okay. I actually love, I always like looking at the guys because they're like, I don't even know who that is. You know, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't vote. You know, they kind of get grumpy all of a sudden. All right, next image. Yes or no? No. Uh, All right. All right, this is fun. Next image. This one might throw you off. No. Okay, last one. I can see the guys are like, when is this going to be over? (laughs) All right, last image. Uh, all right, Dumbo had a good mom, okay? <laughs> all that to say, moms, we love you. We love you, we love you. We wouldn't be here, Trisha's already said this, we wouldn't be here without you, all right? Seriously. Uh, thank you for your influence. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your care. Um, your role as a mom is, is, uh, is so, so important. Last week... We looked at some of the things that King Solomon had to say, and we, we addressed the fathers, and we also addressed the children, and we, we talked about some specific things, some specific responsibilities that children had, and we looked at Proverbs chapter 4, and let me just say, you need to read Proverbs chapter 4. You need to read the whole thing. It is that good. It is so good. You need to read it on your own. Um, it is life-changing good. Proverbs chapter 4. Write it down. In my family, we have been reading Proverbs chapter 4 every day. We've committed to read it every day for a month. So we sit down as a family. I'm actually lying to you right now, right? Oftentimes, um, <clears throat> it's kind of chaotic in my family. Sometimes I have four boys that are on four different sports teams. And so I'd like to say we're all sitting down and they're like sitting at my feet, you know, and I'm reading them. It doesn't work that way. Let me just tell you a really quick story. Last Wednesday... Uh, Trisha was taking the boys to the bus stop and we hadn't read Proverbs chapter 4 yet and so she thought what a great opportunity to read Proverbs chapter 4 while we're waiting for the bus and so she was reading the chapter and she was about halfway through and the bus showed up and so just just picture this with me it's it's hilarious okay she's reading Proverbs chapter 4 and she's about to finish and the boys are getting out and so she decides, I'm going to finish this chapter and she starts hollering out the window the rest of Proverbs chapter 4. Let me just read it to you, okay? Now imagine what the bus driver's thinking, all right? What their friends walking with them are thinking. This is good. All right, she's hollering out the last couple verses to the boys and it says, look straight ahead. Okay, they're walking to the bus. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Alright? And I know, I know the bus driver is thinking, I have heard of helicopter moms, okay? But this mom's out of control, you know? And not to mention what the children were thinking. I mean, like, I'm sure they got asked, my boys, like, is your mom alright? Is she okay? All that to say, however you get it in, okay? Read Proverbs chapter 4. However you do it, get it in. It is incredible. It's life-changing good. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at one verse in Proverbs chapter 4. And it is a verse that will go with you. It should go with you for a lifetime. One verse that will last a lifetime. So we're asking the question, is there a love that lasts let me ask you, okay, as we, as we start to 
take off in this sermon here, let me ask you, how is it that two people can say I do, and they're, they're making such a huge commitment. This is such a big decision. They're making such a, such a huge... They're saying the words, till death do us part. Two people coming together to get married, and I know they, they want to live happily ever after. They have dreams about their futures. And, and then five, six months down the road, maybe a year, maybe five years down the road, those same two people end up hating each other. I mean, hating one another. What, what is that? What is that? What, what causes that? How is it that love stories can turn into horror stories? Is it even possible for two people to fall in love and to stay in love for a lifetime? Now, we, we would all agree that if we came into relationships with no brokenness, if we came in perfect and we had it all together, it would be easy. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. But it doesn't work that way. When we come into relationships, our hearts are not always in the best of shape. We bring baggage into our relationships. Some of us bring carry-ons, right? We bring extra baggage into our relationships. And there is a deep longing in each, each of us. There's a deep longing in us to find that one special someone. To find that connection. We, we, we desire that. We want that. And we know that, like our golfing buddies, like it's not good enough. Or our, our play date girlfriends, you know, that's not enough. We, we, we want that one special someone. The friends that we go to the lake with, or we go four-wheeling with, or hunting, like... It's not enough. We want real connection. We want that feeling. We want that emotion that we belong, that we are connected. And we often depend on our spouse to make these feelings in us. And it doesn't work out because we come into the relationship with brokenness. We come into the relationship not having it all together. Let me... Let me try to illustrate this this morning, okay? What I have here, this is Mr. Glass, alright? And this is Mrs. Glass, alright? Hello! Hello. Okay? Mr. and Mrs. Glass, they met each other in college, like, like many of us do. And they, when they started dating, they were very careful. They were very careful because they were trying to win each other's hearts. And so... They started dating, and in, in their relationship, there was very few problems, and gosh, they got along so well, and, and then they got married, and then some problems started to arise. They started facing some financial decisions, or you know, maybe a few years into the marriage, they had some children, and they had some parenting issues, and you see, what happens is, is they have a problem, and then they have a clash. Right? And what happens is, is they bump into one another. And stuff comes out. And Mrs. Glass is like, whoa! Like, where did that come from? I didn't see that in you when we were dating. Where, where did all that stuff come from? And Mr. Glass is like, whoa! Like, seriously? 
I, I, didn't, I didn't know you had those issues. I didn't know you had that in you. Where did that come from? And more problems come with more clashing. And there's more clashing. And maybe even some more. I just wanted to do that because it's fun. <laughs> we say, I didn't know you had that in you. I didn't know you had that in you. And Mr. Glass, or Mrs. Glass rather, maybe she goes to her mother's house or she goes to her girlfriend's and she says, I didn't know he had that in them and this stuff's coming out and, and, and you know, she's trying to deal with it. And Mr. Glass, he goes, I don't even know where guys go. Like, where do they go? They, uh, maybe he goes up into the mountains and he's just pondering and reflecting and saying, gosh, I didn't know she had that stuff in her. You make me so mad. You know, while we were dating, I didn't know you had that in you. Where did this stuff come from? Why is it coming out? You see, what happens is, is Mr. and Mrs. Glass, they think that the stuff coming out of them is caused by the other person. But here's the truth. The reason that blue beads come out is because that's what's in there. The reason that red beads are coming out is because that's what's in there. Okay? Are you writing this down? Alright, this is good. This is good. The reason the red beads come out of Mrs. Glass is because that's what's in there. And this is so important. We all have stuff in us. We all do. And you don't know what's in you until you get bumped. Until the fire's kind of cranked up a little bit and, tr- and trials and hardships and struggles come. And then all of a sudden stuff is coming out and you may even say, gosh, I didn't even know I had this in me. It's coming out of you because that's what's in you. Most people don't experience these type of bumps. These, they, they don't experience this until they're in a romantic relationship. There's something about a romantic relationship. It's the level of intimacy. It's the level of commitment. A romantic relationship, it brings the best out of us and it brings the worst out of us. It's why people who make the ultimate commitment to each other end up disliking one another. They end up hating one another. They end up disliking one another more than anyone else on the planet. He's positive, okay? Mr. Glass is positive that the stuff coming out of him is caused by Mrs. Glass. It's because of what she says. You know, man, she just gets on my nerves. Like she's always nagging. She, she wants me to do this. She wants me to do that. But the truth is the blue beads are coming out because that's what's in there. She's absolutely sure that if he would stop, if he would start, if he would quit, if he would be more careful, if he would be more of this and less of that, then the red beads wouldn't come out. But the red beads come out because that's what's in there. All of us have stuff in there, but we try to blame the other person for causing those beads to come out. But the reason it comes out is because it's in there. So here's the question. What do we do? 
We have to pay attention to what's going on inside of us. Let's look at the verse that we're going to focus in on this morning. Let's look at how the writer of Proverbs puts it. And by the way, before I read this verse, I want you to know that Jesus says the exact same thing in Matthew chapter 15. But we're going to look at one verse today. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. And King Solomon, the wisest man, wrote the book on wisdom. He says, above all else... Okay, this is a mouthful. This is a loaded statement coming from King Solomon. He's saying, this is more important than anything I've ever told you. And if you've read the book of Proverbs, you know that he talks about money, and he talks about relationships, and parenting, and working, and he talks about work ethic. He also wrote the book of Song of Solomon, which is all about sex. And he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, and it's focused on growing old, and what's the purpose of life. I mean, Solomon covers the whole gamut. And he says, above all else, this is the most important thing. Above everything I've written, everything I've talked about, above all else, guard your heart. Which means, pay attention to what's going on inside of you. When you guard something, you are very careful as to what is coming in and what is coming out. Guard your heart. The heart in this culture at this time, it represented the seat of emotion. And this is what they believe. They believe that this is where the emotions come from. And the writer of Proverbs says, I want you to guard, which means to pay attention. I want you to keep the bad guys out. I want you to protect what's valuable. I want you to guard your heart. I want you to pay attention to what's going on inside of you. Now, if I was to go to each and every one of you, if we had the time and if you were willing to play along, if I could go to each and every one of you and, and say, what, what's your plan? Like, what, what's your strategy to guard your heart? I know I would get a variety of different answers. And some of you might even say, I, I've never even thought about that before. And you know, if you're asking the question, what does it mean to guard your heart? Chances are that You're not doing it. And Solomon says it's the most important thing you can do above all else. Guard your heart. And you know, many of us, we have bounced from relationship to relationship hoping that our spouse or this friendship or this other relationship will bring the right beads out of us, will bring the good out of us. You know, some of us say, I don't don't want the blue beads to come out, man. I don't like what's coming out of me. I want red or I want orange, you know. But the blue beads are coming out because that's what's in you. And what's inside of you comes to the outside, and it's usually coming out on the ones that we love the most. So what's your plan? I mean, if Solomon says, this is like... This is above all else. I think it would be super smart for us to have a plan, to have a strategy, to at least give it some thought as to how we should guard our hearts. We should have a conversation about it. That's why I'm trying to introduce it to you. You know, most of us, we we don't guard our hearts, but we're really good at pointing out the flaws in other people's hearts. We're not good at monitoring our own heart or guarding our own heart, but we're really good at monitoring other people's behavior. 
It's crazy how that works out that way. We can, we can point, we can tell people, man, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, you're doing this wrong. But yet when the mirror comes up, man, it looks like it's all together. And we know deep down it's not. We're really good at pointing out each other's flaws, but we're horrible at paying attention or monitoring our own hearts. And once again, if, if we came into relationships with only good stuff on the inside, it would, it would work out. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. But it doesn't because we come into relationships with brokenness. We come into relationships with hearts that are sometimes a mess. What's on the inside eventually comes out on the outside. And what we try to do is we try to blame the other person that brought it out of us. But it came out of us because that's what was in us. So what are you trying to say, Justin? What are you trying to say? Your ability to feel a certain way. Your ability to stay in love has more to do with the condition of your heart than it does the behavior of your spouse. Your ability to stay in love has as much to do with the condition of your own heart as it does the behavior of your spouse. Your ability to stay in love has so much to do with the condition of your heart. How's your heart? Guard your heart. Both the heart and behavior, yes, they both play a part. It's vitally important to the relationship. Your heart condition and your actions and your words. But we naturally monitor other people's behavior. It just comes natural to us. It's easy to do that. But what's unnatural is for us to monitor the condition of our own hearts. That's hard. It's difficult. It's hard for us to point out the flaws in us and to do something about it, to deal with it. So listen to how Solomon ends this verse. In Proverbs 4.23, he says, Above all else, guard your heart. Catch this. For everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from it. Everything you do in a day, everything you do in a relationship, everything you do flows from your heart. And again, Jesus says the exact same thing. He says all kinds of actions and words and behaviors, they all come from our heart. We are defiled by the condition of our hearts, not by simply what we do. Everything you do is the overflow of your heart. So if your heart is not in good shape, it will almost be impossible If your heart is not in good shape, it will almost be impossible for you to have healthy relationships. Now here's the bottom line. Okay, this is so important. This This is so important. What's in you is going to come out of you no matter who's with you. Okay, what's in you is going to come out of you no matter who's with you. You can change the names, you can change the faces, you can change location, you can change scenery. But whatever is in you is going to come out of you no matter who's with you. If you want to stay in love, you have to guard your heart. You have to pay attention to what's going on inside of you.
And so once again, I ask the question, how do we do that? This morning, what I wanted to do is I wanted to give us some helps. And especially, I want to speak to the fellas again, because there's there's a myth, there's a false perception going around that men don't have strong emotions. And that's not true. I mean, some people will say that men have two emotions, anger and hungry. Okay? But that's just not true. I would even argue that men are more emotional and have stronger emotions than women. But the reality is, is we all, both men and women alike, we have very strong emotions. And let me give you some helps. Today, what I want to do is I want to broaden your vocabulary when it comes to emotions. I want to help you out. I want to help you identify. I want to help you recognize it. So let's name some of the emotions that can overwhelm us. I think, first of all, we could say anger. We, we all know what that is. Anger is one that can overwhelm us. Maybe you feel embarrassed. Maybe you feel left out. Moms, many of you, you can feel unappreciated. It's like, man, I am doing so much. I'm doing a thousand different things and it just seems like nobody recognizes it. I just feel unappreciated. You know, I I just get so mad at him. Like, he frustrates me to death. But what I'm trying to say is, what's behind that? What's the root cause? What's going on? Name it. Identify it. I'm, I'm feeling unappreciated. Call it out. Maybe you feel ugly or unlovable. Fellas, I think many of us struggle. We feel like a failure. You know, we can say, man, she just she talks about her family all the time and the trips that they go on and, you know, the businesses that they've built and the money they make. And, and I get to this place where I, I feel like I'm not keeping up with the Joneses. And to be honest, I just feel like a failure. Name it. Identify it. Maybe you feel old. Like, I just feel like I've been put on the shelf. I feel like I'm unusable, or I have nothing else to give, or I feel stupid, or I feel lonely, or scared, or I feel, I feel like I'm out of control. I feel betrayed. I feel jealous. I feel disrespected. Sometimes I just feel picked on. I just feel like I can't do anything right. I just feel picked on. I feel abandoned. What exactly are you feeling? That's guarding your heart. You're you're paying attention to what's going on in here. And you're identifying it. What is it? Name it. Say it out loud. Because now you're getting somewhere. You're you're recognizing what's going on on the inside. and, And you can now do something about it. You can address it. You can get the help you need. To guard your heart... You've got to name the emotion that's taking place in your heart. Name it out loud. Identify it. Don't let it be a secret. Listen, emotions that stay in the dark, emotions that are in secret, they are powerful, 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 powerful. But when you bring those emotions into the light, when you begin to unearth what's going on, those emotions start to lose their power. Don't keep it in the dark. Don't keep it in secret. 
once again, once you name it, you can identify it, and then you can do something about it. You can take it to the Lord in prayer. You can take that emotion, that strong, powerful force that you're feeling, and you can take it to God's Word and you can say, what, is, what does the Bible have to say about this? How, how can I handle this, God? You can take it to trusted believers. Okay, You can go and get counsel that you need. Just take that emotion and say, name it, identify it, and deal with it. But if you always blame others, if you always are just monitoring their behavior and you're not watching what's going on inside of you, you will continue to live in denial and it will be extremely difficult for you to experience a love that lasts. Because life is going to bring some problems. Stuff is going to come out. And what you do with that stuff what you do with that stuff is so critical. It's hard for many of us to name it out loud because, honestly, this is where I, I might step on some toes and I'm going to step on some toes. It's hard for many of us to name it out loud because then we lose our excuse because what we do often is we'll use that emotion, we'll use anger, I'll use my pouting to get my spouse to do what I want her to do. I'll use this emotion to manipulate. So I'm not going to call it out, I'm going to leave it in the dark because I kind of like the power that it gives me. I can control people. But when you name it, when you bring it to light, you lose your excuse and now you have to deal with it. And gosh, it's such a healthier place to be when your heart is right. Here's what I want us to do. I I want you to guard your heart. Start paying attention to your heart, what's going on inside of you. That's how you're going to stay in love. And I, I know that we're all good at monitoring other people's behavior we're good at that it comes naturally but you need to know what's going on inside of you so guard your heart I want you I need you I challenge you to start paying attention to your heart ask yourself what, what exactly am I feeling what, what exactly is going on name it and then I want you to, to say it out loud expose it so that you can deal with it and when you do this you'll find that most of the time not all the time But most of the time, you'll realize, you'll find out, gosh, this isn't a marriage problem. This isn't my spouse's problem. This is a me-bead problem. This is something going on in me that I need to address, that I need to deal with, that I need to, to, to figure out. It's a heart problem. What's inside of me is coming out and it's not good. And you can say, God... Help me. Help me to overcome what's inside of me. And let me just take a a little brief moment to say something else. Many of us, we're trying to find that connection. We're trying to find that deep satisfaction in a relationship. And the deep connection, that, that, that connection that will last forever 
can only be found in Jesus Christ. can only be found in Christ. Your spouse, those relationships, they will fail you. They will make mistakes. And yes, we need to deal with it. We need to identify what's going on inside of us. We need to guard our hearts. But the only way you can truly protect your heart is to be completely satisfied in Jesus Christ. He is the way. Listen, your ability to stay in love with anyone has more to do with the condition of your heart than the other person's behavior. So let me ask you again, how's your heart? How is it? What Solomon says is exactly right. He says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And here's the challenge. Again, pay attention to what's going on inside of you. Identify those feelings. Think before you act, before you speak. Call out those emotions before you just respond. Man, would you please, church, would you guard your heart? We would be healthier as families. We would be a healthier church. We would be a healthier community if we would each start guarding our hearts and identifying what's going on inside of us. Man, making our hearts better and having a plan to guard our heart. Pay attention to what's going on inside of you. Would you do that this week? Man, guard your heart. For everything you do, flows from it. I'm going to close in prayer this morning. Father God, thank You for Your Word. And just this one verse is so powerful. It ministers to us in such incredible ways. And God, I pray that You would help us to call out what's inside of us, to, to deal with it, to not be in denial, and to not let those emotions stay in secret or in the dark. I pray that we would expose them, we would call them out. And when it's appropriate, we would share those with our spouse. We would share them with a trusted pastor or a believer or a counselor. But Lord, I pray that You would help us to pay attention to what's inside of us. And Lord, I pray that our hearts would would get healthy. The, the healthiest our hearts can be is when we are abiding in Christ. And gosh... When our hearts are healthy, man, good stuff's going to overflow. Good stuff's going to come out. We're, we're going to be building up instead of tearing down. Gosh, help us to have strong, healthy hearts. We give this time to You now. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that You would take the words, these silly illustrations, and You would just minister to people and uh, guide and teach, comfort, convict. In Jesus' name. Amen.